0: Welcome to the Perth County Podcast, the podcast dedicated to providing you with the insights, tools, and best practices to help your business prosper in Perth County. I'm Sarah Franklin, and today I had the chance to speak with Leith Deacon, an Assistant Professor in Rural Planning and Development in the School of Environmental Design and Rural Development. He is a full member of the Canadian Institute of Planners and a registered professional planner. Leith's research examines concepts around sustainability, governance, and resiliency. In particular, he's attempting to gain a better understanding of the dynamics associated with municipal, rural, and remote economies, specifically resource-based economies across Canada. What are their experiences, and why are some communities able to grow and prosper while others experience decline? Welcome to the show, Leith.
1: Thank you very much, sir.
0: You researched some pretty interesting topics and some things that pertain to Perth County, um, specifically concepts around sustainability, governance, and resilience. Can you talk a little bit about your research and, and what got you interested in these topics?
1: Yeah, of course. Okay, so I guess the most important thing that, I mean, kind of influenced my interest in rural areas specifically is I completed my master's in science from the University of Guelph in rural planning and development, uh, quite a long time ago. And that, that really highlighted for me the, the difference and the unique characteristics that rural communities and small areas have. And it really started to impact what research I conducted. So even my PhD, for example, was on environmental justice, but particularly in small communities in Nova Scotia. So I have a long, and that was quite a long time ago. And then I spent about six and a half years working at the University of Alberta, and even there, the majority of my work was on the impact of resource exploitation and resource dependency on small communities. So, for example, a local mine or a local uh, lumberyard, how does that impact communities and the families that live there? Uh, and then in 2008, I moved back to Ontario and started the University of Guelph, and it's kind of like a full circle. So now I'm a faculty member in the rural planning and development program within the school of environmental design and development and the focus within this program as it states right in the title is on rural planning and development so i i mean it just seemed like a natural progression and a natural trajectory of my research to kind of move around the canadian landscape but always keeping rural as a prime focus for me and so uh, over the last two years or so i've started to look within ontario and more specifically, within Perth and Huron County, and some of the unique issues that families and individuals, businesses face within those those areas.
0: Are there any common links between rural communities across the country, or is there are there any common themes that you find pop out regularly?
1: I f- like that's such an interesting question, and it's a uh, it's a it's a bit of a dangerous question because I think there is a tendency for folks that are not from rural areas to really think there are kind of these universal characteristics that all rural areas share. And I'm not saying that there are not some similarities, but I mean, a colleague of mine, Dr. Wayne Caldwell said it really well when he said, if you've been to one rural area, you've been to one rural area. So, I mean, yes, there are common, common characteristics, of course, but ultimately, Communities are made up of unique individuals unique families with their own values their own beliefs and their own expectations of what their community should be so I think it's critical that just as you know when you're doing research on cities so you would never say Ottawa and Guelph are the same or Ottawa and Vancouver because they're different places rural areas are the same so there are similarities but there are very, very significant differences between each one. And that's why it's important that when you're conducting research in or on rural areas, you take those unique differences into consideration.
0: So you've launched a survey recently um, examining the themes uh, and the impacts of COVID-19 in rural communities, specifically in Perth County and Huron County. Um, How did this idea come about?
1: I was approached uh, back in April by her name is Susanna Reed. Uh, she's from the United Way, Perth, Huron, uh, and her office is based in Stratford. And she was interested in working with our program. Uh, she has a history with uh, Wayne Caldwell, the individual I mentioned earlier, and he brought got me involved. And since then, I've kind of taken the lead in this project. But she was interested in concepts around rural vulnerability. So how have individuals within rural areas been exposed or impacted by COVID-19 and either increased their vulnerability or... Uh, really, you know, kind of a newly vulnerable group has emerged because of some of the impacts. So together we started kind of like trying to flesh out this idea and uh, we were able to apply for and secure funding for three grad students, which is great because it's so important that grad students uh, from Canadian universities have an opportunity to, to, you know, get primary research experience. And we started to flesh out the idea even more and more, and because of Susanna's excellent network, she was able to put me in contact with individuals from almost all you know components of social services between Huron County and Perth County, uh, including you know economic development, the health units. And we started to really question how rural individuals have been impacted by COVID because you know, as I mentioned earlier, rural areas and the individuals that live there have unique characteristics and they experience things different than folks that live in urban areas. So an easy example or a simple example would be uh, the concept of isolation. Isolation in uh, an urban area is is legitimate and it, it, it exists. It's different than the concept of isolation in a rural or small town. You are Far more physically isolated than you are in an urban area, and that can really exacerbate any mental concerns or mental anguish or anxiety related to being isolated. So, we really started to wonder how individuals and families and communities within rural areas are experienced, have experienced, and are reacting to the ongoing COVID 19 pandemic. And, you know, I've said this in other interviews, but of Canadians live in urban areas. And that is why the majority of our research and uh, response is focused on those areas. However, 15% of Canadians live in rural or small towns. And I think it's really critical that in order for us to be able to develop appropriate and effective response plans, that that 15% is considered. So we started trying to wonder how individuals like how residents, I suppose, from across Perth and Huron County have been experiencing the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. And that's kind of how this project started.
0: That's interesting. I know we've had Ryan Erb from the United Way on speaking about topics such as food security, which is exacerbated often by a rural area. So I imagine you'll see some of those themes popping out in the research.
1: I I imagine you're you're right. And I know Ryan... uh, I wouldn't say I know Ryan well, but he has, ultimately, the United Way, uh, Perth-Huron is one of our funding agencies. So Ryan is the director of it. So I've had several conversations with him, and he's really supportive of this project. And we came up with, like, four primary objectives, which is related to concepts like food insecurity. So we're trying to identify vulnerable populations between Huron and Perth counties, which have been affected by the ongoing pandemic. And then trying to, from that, trying to determine priority programs to support vulnerable populations, such as mental health, income or food security, educational concerns, and then to explore the opportunities for nonprofit charitable sectors uh, to respond to the ongoing as well as the post COVID 19, and then to identify any emergent, so new mental health or economic concerns generated by COVID 19. So it's a big you know, I mean, they're. I think they're great objectives, obviously, but they're very general. And it allows us to have quite a bit of flexibility uh, to interpret each one of those objectives for each one of the small communities that we're working with within the two counties.
0: The survey that you have out now, who are you hoping to have participate in that?
1: So the survey, I mean, the surveys I think the survey is really interesting because if most people who have completed surveys think back to the way that they were worded more often than not surveys are conducted for you to represent your household. So how has your household experienced, whatever X, Uh, what is your household income? And so I really think it is important that we understand that individuals have experienced this differently. And simply because like for, in my household, I can't, and I should not be able to respond on behalf of my wife. She's, she's experienced things differently. And I think it's really important that each one of us has the opportunity to, um, to voice those experiences. So this survey that we've launched is an individual resident survey. So we were asking every single resident between Perth and Huron County to respond to this survey on their own behalf. If you're over the age of, age of 18, we want to hear from you. Uh, I think if you think back to the way that the media has covered people's experiences of COVID nineteen, for example, um, if you think of the way the media has covered the impact on seniors, a lot of the impact is related to the vulnerability that seniors have in terms of their their health system and their if they were to contract the virus, they have a they have a higher chance of having a significant um, impact of it. However, that's all that we know about it. So these questions are designed to ascertain a little bit more detailed information so what was your behavior like before march 1st and we chose that as an easy date for people to think of pre-covid 19 so everybody you know has a different uh, activity scale so how often did you go to the grocery store how often did you shop locally did you see your friends and family um did you own or rent do you have anxiety paying your bills and so forth and what we're trying to do with those questions is paint a picture of what life was like before COVID-19 and then we asked the exact same questions except since March 1st because every, every single Canadian has been impacted by this. So how has your behavior changed? I know myself, you know, I didn't go to the grocery store. I just, I started doing the, you know, the click and pick up or a lot of uh, in-house delivery if that was an option. Obviously restaurants have been closed so you couldn't go out for dinner. Uh, we did try to do some takeout just to support local businesses. And then the next section of the of the survey is looking forward. So we're asking participants to imagine after COVID-19 what do they think their behavior is going to be like? Do they think they will go back to exactly how it was before going grocery shopping, seeing their friends, or has it been permanently altered? Because in order to develop an appropriate and an effective response plan not just to COVID-19 but to any future disruption, it is important that policymakers understand how citizens from their area, their communities behave. That is how good policies are developed by understanding the people that live there. And this survey is really trying to get to that granular level of data and that we could provide to local planning departments, local uh, decision makers, so they can develop response plans that are effective.
0: That's fantastic, and i I certainly can appreciate the the approach of surveying the individual rather than the household. Um, I know that everybody's experience of this pandemic has been different, so it'll be fascinating to understand how that plays out in the results
1: yeah, and I think it's really the other thing that I want to mention also is that there are two phases to this study, so you're talking about the survey, which is the quantitative first phase, and it, what it will allow us to do is hopefully at least gather excellent individual level numeric because everything is being nothing about it is qualitative data that we can make some generalizations and present data to various councils and i think that hopefully is going to be really really good however there is a second phase and that is going to be the qualitative component and we are going to the last question or one of the questions on the survey is would you be willing to be contacted for an interview or a focus group because while surveys are excellent they don't allow you to get into the depth of what some of the answers mean. So we would like to do some follow up interviews and focus groups with individuals to tease out the data a little bit more, get a little bit further in terms of what they were, what they meant maybe by some of the answers. But however, the second component also, we are going to target under 18 as well. So we would love kids and teenagers to participate. And I've been having conversations with boards of education, superintendents, school boards and so forth. Uh, how we can gain access to kids. So what we are thinking is I would love the opportunity to go into a classroom, for example, and ask kids under the age of 12 to draw what COVID means to them and their family. And I think, I'm hopeful at least, that in projects that have used this technique, it really, really can illustrate how kids have been impacted. Because at least from what I've I've seen in the media and read, no one has really asked a kid Uh, under the age of 12 how they've been impacted because while kids are super resilient and they can take a lot they have been impacted by this you know they know mom and dad are at home or one of their uh, primary caregivers is at home more maybe they're stressed around money maybe they've heard their uh, their caretakers in arguing i have no idea but it's important that we understand that you know little canadians young little adults are they do experience this and then we also would like to target 12 to 18 uh them how they've been impacted because I mean what we've effectively done for an entire generation is remove some right of passage and I mean looking back on your high school graduation or your prom I mean for me that's a long time ago but I know that when I was at that stage at that age it was really important for me to go and experience that and we've removed that we've told an entire generation of teenagers sorry you don't get that as well as that group that's going on to college or university sorry, you're not going to get that experience either. And I would love them to have the opportunity to tell me how that feels. Because again, it is a significant change that is forever going to alter their experience. So we also would like to target that group and we're not sure how to do it. Uh, That's a really interesting group to get involved with. So we're thinking Instagram story or a TikTok video, trying to get them to explain to us How they individually have been impacted by COVID-19 and the idea is at the end of this, we will have this really rich data source that includes quantitative statistics, as well as qualitative description and together would paint an amazing picture of how rural residents have been impacted by COVID-19.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the the key word throughout all of that is disruptive. It's been been tremendously disruptive, no matter uh, who you're speaking to. So I imagine uh, you'll capture a lot of interesting points on that.
1: I think so. And I mean, I personally have no idea how people have been impacted by this. I can only tell you how I have been impacted by this. So for example, a few, I guess about six weeks ago, I received a survey, just an email survey asking, and it was something about COVID-19. But the first question was, have you been impacted by COVID-19? And I, I was so disappointed in that survey because as you said, every single person has been impacted by this. So it's such a waste of a question. Of course you've been impacted by this. And it's, the scale of impact is, is super individual. And I mean, if we talk, we spend a lot of time talking about frontline workers, for example. And for me, I'm not, I'm not discounting the impact on nurses or doctors, but they are being paid well for their work and they're providing a really important service however think about a grocery store clerk who is being paid in all likelihood a minimum wage or a low wage and they don't have the luxury of not coming if they don't go to work they will lose their job and not be paid and if they are the only so if they're the sole income earner for their family their family is in all likelihood living you know a very very tight economic budget that has been impacted by this so everybody's scale of impact is different. And I'm trying to understand or give the opportunity for individuals to explain how that impact has has been on that, that individual level.
0: How long are you hoping this study to be going on for? What is the timeline between the two phases you've described?
1: So the, <clears throat> the survey for Huron County opened last Wednesday, and I believe the date of that was, I think, the 12th. And we are doing a Okay, we're, we're rolling it out, or so we opened it up for Huron first, in an attempt to see if there was any mistakes, as well as we wanted to really focus our efforts on promotion in Huron, and get the word out. And then starting the week of September first, we will do the same activities for Perth County, trying to raise awareness. And I've been in discussions with, you know, Stratford, uh, the city of Stratford, and they will start promoting it on their social media. In terms of the length of that the survey will be open. Uh, I haven't set a hard close because I mean populations that just require a little bit more time and uh, I'm trying to work with the Amish and the Mennonite population to get their opinion because they also have been impacted by this but as many people know uh, a digital survey doesn't work uh, for that group so we're doing paper surveys and I just want to make sure everyone has the opportunity to complete this. So in my head, I was thinking like six to eight weeks for the survey to remain open, but ultimately if people are still completing it, it'll remain open longer. In the meantime, we will start to develop the interview questions and trying to get access to the people for the qualitative portion that would take place probably in the middle to late fall. And then kind of having everything wrapped up sometime around Christmas, Uh, of course, Nothing is a is a hard deadline, uh, but that is kind of in the back of my mind when we we might close this portion of the project.
0: obviously, you won't know what the results are going to be until you receive them, but what is your ultimate goal with with these results? Are you hoping to share these with levels of government for advocacy purposes, or do you have any kind of targets in mind?
1: So I mean, I really try not to go into studies with with preconceived ideas, I usually use like an, and it's called an iterative research design. So it allows me to kind of be flexible and um, I don't know, not go in with any preconceived notions. So I think that's important. And I usually do that for all research, research I conduct. That being said, of course, I have some ideas of what we might hear, uh, especially from small business owners, but I don't really know what, you know, maybe the single parent is going to experience. So there are aspects of this that are absolutely known and those are the ones i'm most interested in Uh, in terms of what we're going to do with the results i mean so the survey is being run out of it's a program called Qualtrics and it is a really really great survey program what it allows you to do is pull unique data sets out of the project and so for example within Perth let's say Listowel wants to to know exactly how residents from Listowel have been impacted by this well i can do that no problem and I can send a data package to, you know, individual to council. from most of all, if that's who wants it, I can do the same for the city of Stratford, uh, Godrich and so forth. I can do it for North Perth, any, any geographic region. So one of the questions on the survey is for respondents to identify where they live. And that is the reason why it's there so that I can pull that data and present it to council or, uh, organizations that might want it. This is, uh, uh, it 's important though that I state that at no time will identifiable data be shared, so all raw raw data collected, I am the only person, and the people that are on the research team will have access to so the city of Stratford will never get a raw data file; they will just get an aggregate file of findings that are represent or that are related to to stratford and uh, the way that I would love to present that is here 's Stratford, for example, but this is how you fit within Perth County, just to give a little bit of picture and uh, the idea here is that by presenting data to council and policymakers, they will a- be able to respond in a more effective manner.
0: Absolutely, and I know. Um, speaking from economic development, having that data is so important when applying for funding programs that are, become available, um, and it it's so critical when we receive that kind of feedback. Sometimes surveys can can feel lengthy, but it's certainly worth it in the end. Once you once you get the data, the full data picture.
1: Absolutely, and I I mean, yeah, something you said there is so important. Surveys can be long, and I mean. As, a, as Canadians, we all do our census. And if you get the long form census, it, it's long. That being said, census data is our best source of information. StatsCan is so critical for all research across the country and all policy development because it is the best way to access relevant data at a national scale. So this survey has 22 questions and you can fill it out on your mobile device, on your computer, and also across Huron County everybody, every single household in Huron County is getting a paper copy sent to them. So it's, we're doing our very best to access everybody. And if there are individuals across Perth County that need a paper copy, I'm willing to figure out how to do that. Uh, I know, for example, there's a group within, within Listable that I am going to just show up and go through the survey with them because for a variety of reasons that is the best way to get this done. And I just, I wanna ensure that every individual from all walks of life has an opportunity to have their voice heard. And ultimately the reason why I think people should do it is because you want to have your voice impact policy, policy decisions that allow make these decisions to design policy that make ultimately your life, your community better. And that is what we're trying to do with this data.
0: The survey for Perth County has yet to be launched, but um, we will be promoting it on our social media for sure. Um, Where can people go to find out more information about this study or to access these surveys, whether they're in Perth or Huron counties?
1: Okay, so I think uh, in Huron County, what has happened is that uh, the United Way has done a full media release, and then that was shared out on all social media. So economic development, uh, the health, um, health units I've put it on my own so I have a website as well um, and then and tra- it also was on CTV news so I'm doing anything I can to get the word out social media is the best way to get access to people because so many people utilize social media so it's on Twitter it's on Facebook uh, it's on LinkedIn and Instagram and then there is a website uh, that you can go directly to to uh, to complete the survey we have the QSR scannable codes. So if you just want to have that app on your phone, you can scan the code as well. So there's a number of different ways. And ultimately, I I mean my best to get the word out. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
0: So if people are Googling for this to pull it up, what would they search for?
1: I, I think if you searched rural response to COVID 19 Perth and Huron County, you would get a press release or you would get some news story because it has been covered now in CTV news, as well as the list. Uh, it was uh, there was a story in the list, will banner about it. And there is a, a simple link as well. So, I mean, I can say it out loud, it's just a bit of a pain, but it is HTTPS with a colon, two backslashes. And then we've tried to make it as simple as possible. So it's L I N K T period E, so link tree backslash rural underscore response. And that'll get you to the survey as well. Also my personal website is uh, uh, sustainablecommunityplanning.com and there is a link on that as well.
0: Okay and if people wanted to reach you directly with questions about this project um, how can they do that?
1: Uh, Any way they want. I mean normally I would just say call my uh, call my office on campus Um, but as everyone knows uh, I You know, we've all been impacted by this, and I'm still not able to go to my office. The University of Guelph has really restricted our access uh, for health and safety concerns. So you can call my office, and I have been checking my voicemail. So the University of Guelph number is 519-824-4120, and I'm extension 52521. The other way, of course, is an email. And my email address is my first name, so L-E-I-T-H, period, and then my last name, D-E-A-C-O-N. And then it's at uoguelf.ca. and that is my work email address. I also have a Twitter account for my research, so it is um, um, it's, uh, s underscore planning, and that's for Twitter, so that's my handle. Um, and then, of course, you could probably just Google me, and you could find me that way, so you'll find my LinkedIn account. Uh, I'm pretty easy to be contacted.
0: So beyond this project, is there anything else you're working on in the future that we need to keep an eye out for?
1: Well, I mean, when I started this, the reason, one of the reasons why I focused on Perth and Huron counties is because the University of Guelph has a really long-standing relationship with them. There's been probably countless research projects between the university and these areas because faculty, uh, so many faculty across campus know people in these counties have families in these counties and there's just this long-standing relationship that being said i am i mean in my dream i would love to just get a really great picture of how rural residents across the country have been impacted by this so i've been contacted by oxford county already to expand the project into that that you know that nearby county and i would love to do it for bruce for gray any county with a with a high rural uh, population because Ultimately, it's so important that rural residents across Ontario and across Canada uh, be part of policy development. So that is what I'm working on right now.
0: And just as a wrap up, I'll ask you the same question we ask everyone, which is, what is your favorite thing about Perth County?
1: Uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't know if this is Perth unique or not, but driving through rural counties, or sorry, rural towns in rural counties, It's so fascinating to go through all of the little towns and then you can stop. And even if it's something as simple as getting an ice cream cone or getting some French fries at a fry stand, talking to people that live there, they're, they're, and they're so interesting and yet, you know, super excited about where they live. They love for the most part, obviously there's exceptions, but people who have chosen to live in rural areas love rural areas and across Perth County, that is what I have experienced. So you stop and people just tell you about how wonderful their area is, why you should be there and what you should see across the county. And I also find in my experience, when you talk to people from rural counties, they don't just say, you know, in Perth, this is what you have to see. They're all, they also will say, but if you drive a little further into Huron, it's really important that you see this, this and this. So they, they are promoting not only their own rural areas, but they are really promoting rural and small town areas from the region. And that is probably my favorite part about it.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, Leith.
1: Oh, this was really interesting. And I know that you know this, but I'm, I'm away with my family right now and we're, we're camping for 10 days. So I'm sitting on the side of a road on Long Point Provincial Park because this is where I got signal. And uh, I just think it's fantastic that there's technology that allows this to happen. And I, I don't mind taking a little time out of my vacation to get as much interest and pe- uh, interest in the survey out. So I really appreciate your time
0: well thank you thank you for listening to this week's episode the information on how to reach today's guest is available in the episode notes if you found this information helpful please consider sharing and make sure you subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all the latest you can find more information on our website at perthcounty.ca and by searching for perth county on social media to reach us send an email to ecdev at perthcounty.ca that's ecdev at perthcounty.ca